incredible how your mood can fluctuate on a daily, sometimes even hourly basis. Just a few days ago, I was extremely excited and motivated to get started in this new year. I had some great ideas. I was beginning to implement them. But now, here I sit, filled with dread and anxiety at the prospect of my third year of self-employment. In times like these, I'm glad that I write my blog. I'm also glad that I record this podcast. My thoughts get documented on a regular basis. I can easily refer back to posts or episodes from when I felt this way before. And also, once I overcame this particular feeling, at a time of year when I should feel happy and excited at the clean slate that I have in front of me, I find myself feeling rudderless and an overall sense of melancholy. I often try to identify what exactly it is that's making me feel this way and either solve the problem or silence the voice in my head, which is causing the negative vibes. In other words, I try to take control of what is ultimately out of my control. This is something I struggle with on an ongoing basis, so much so that I regularly meet with a pastor at my church to discuss my battle with trust, control, and coming to grips with many other shortcomings. This isn't the typical content you hear on a podcast like this, but authenticity is what I strive for. Oftentimes, when you're dealing with self-help or personal development themes, We only talk about the end goal. We only talk about what we have in front of us. We don't talk about the challenges and difficulties along the way. That's something I want to do so that you can be encouraged if you run into a similar thought pattern or feeling, knowing that you're not alone. There are times like the one I'm in now where everything feels beyond my reach or beyond my control. Now, the former may not be true, but the latter is very often true. But for some reason, I'm always surprised when I wake up feeling this way. As if it's something completely new. But I've been here before, many times. And I've persevered. Not alone, of course. And not always of my own determination. Rather, it's been the constant support and the loving kick in the pants from my wife coupled with a faith in God that's been tested and tried in the fire for many years. There are things that I simply can't control, like whether or not someone decides to use me over the million other real estate agents that exist, or whether the housing market will improve enough for us to finally be able to get out from under the mortgage on our rental property and once again be able to buy a home for our family to enjoy before they're too old to even live there. Or if there's something in God's grand plan for my life that I'm missing or avoiding due to my own stubbornness. If you're like me and can go through bouts of feeling that bottom dropout sensation we get at the top of a roller coaster as it's beginning its descent, then I encourage you to reach out to me. Send me an email. Perhaps we can help each other. Sharing the highs and lows and praying for one another is what the Real Person Real Needs community is all about. And I cherish each and every one of you who will listen to this and take the time to email me. I would love to hear from you. Now, don't despair for me or anything. Emotions are a funny thing. They come, they go, they go up, they go down. They're unpredictable. I'll get over it. In fact, I kind of already have. I'm back to my opinionated and gregarious self faster than you can say Bob's your uncle or something to that effect. 
But I always want to put forth a genuine reflection of who I am at any given time so that you all know what I'm dealing with as an entrepreneur, as someone who has left their day job to pursue their dream, because I value authenticity and hopefully so do you. I never want to paint a picture that makes you think that everything is hunky-dory if it's not. But I also want to share the stories as they come that are exciting. That's what this next one's all about. God has a sense of humor. I know this because I'm a parent. And as a parent, I find that many of the life lessons and pearls of wisdom I try to impart to my children would mean a lot more if I heeded them first. I woke up the other morning in a cranky mood. Not out of the ordinary for me. My reason that particular day was that I felt that everything is harder for me than it is for other people. Cry me a river, right? Instead of working in the real estate business, I should go into business as a party planner because no one can throw as great a pity party as I can. I often wax long and lament about how I work as hard as I know how, doing the right things, and have nothing, quote unquote, to show for it. Meanwhile, I watch as other people, who are completely clueless in my opinion, have success fall into their lap, almost in spite of their own ineptitude. That's my own warped perspective, obviously. I also often ask God to go easy on me, as if God is some petulant bully who likes to make my life more difficult than it needs to be. I know, I know, a jaded mindset that I must battle. And I do, through regular pastoral counseling, as I mentioned earlier. I battle it every day, but I'm simply being honest. Ironically, God did decide to go easy on me this particular morning by once again demonstrating an incredible truth to me through the eyes of my eight-year-old. It makes me think of all those old advertisements that would say, So easy a child could do it! My son knows how to tie his shoes and has for a few years now. The trouble is that it can be difficult for him sometimes. He pouts and says the two words that I hate more than anything. I can't. Followed closely by three other words that aggravate me to no end. It's too hard. From my perspective, I think he should have no trouble since he learned how to do it a long time ago. However, I'm starting to realize that he often will slip his shoes off without untying them and then try to fit his feet back inside the shoes without having to retie them. Clever. So even though he knows how to do it, he would rather not have to do it because it doesn't come easy to him. And that's when it hit me. The sad reality that I needed to come to grips with in my own life. Even as the words came out of my mouth, I knew they were meant for me even more than they were for him. I said, if you avoid it because it's hard, then it'll never be easy. Boom. I realized in that moment that my idea of an easy life was incorrect. I believed that by avoiding hard things, obstacles, hardships, trials, etc., that it would make my life easier. But I was deceiving myself. By trying to avoid difficulties, I was actually robbing myself of growth opportunities, which in effect was making even things that shouldn't be all that difficult seem way harder than they actually were. 
For my son, he was avoiding tying his shoes because it was hard, not realizing that if he had kept at it, it would eventually become easy. Sadly, by avoiding it, he actually made it seem even more daunting each time he had to do it. And that's what hit me between the eyes the other morning. Right after trying to pray away the difficulties on my plate, God decided to make the lesson so easy for me that even a child could understand it. He's gracious in that way, even if I sometimes have trouble recognizing it. Now, if I intentionally avoid the necessary things because they're hard, then I'm not making my life easier. I'm only setting myself up to perpetually fail. The hard things will always be there, and they're always going to be hard. But we make them seem even harder and more daunting by avoiding them. Instead, we need to take them head on. Life may not get easier, but by keeping at it and not saying, I can't, it's too hard, we will no doubt be better equipped to handle adversity the next time around. This could be the moment I've been waiting for When you come and take us to The ominous feeling of storm clouds moving in paints a pretty decent picture of what life can feel like when you're pursuing your dreams. Sometimes it can feel like the entire world is operating in cahoots in order to prevent you from moving forward. But not today. I woke up this morning feeling positive. Now, believe it or not, as I mentioned several times, this isn't always the case. As much as people may think of me as Mr. Motivation because of the memes that I put up, it's simply not true. In fact, my most challenging motivational task happens before my feet hit the floor every morning. That's right. Sometimes even this guy here, the one with the podcast, still struggles with the prospect of facing each day. Interestingly enough, yesterday was one of those days when I just could not get things going. In order to fully understand the situation, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode four of the podcast. But let me summarize it for you. My wife and I bought a small condo in December 2006 at what was, unbeknownst to us, the height of the real estate market. We loved our new place, and best of all, we had ourselves a good old-fashioned investment. We brought our first son home from the hospital in February 2008. Then comes the Great Recession when the real estate bubble burst and home values plummeted. That's what happened to us. Our home value fell by more than 20%. Coupled with the fact that we financed 96.5% of it through the FHA mortgage program, it meant we were underwater. Now fast forward to 2010, we had two small boys in our little condo. We attempted to sell it in 2011, which in hindsight was a complete waste of time. I don't even remember if we had a single showing. So in 2012, thanks to the advice of a very helpful realtor, we were able to refinance using the HARP program which saved us on our monthly mortgage payments. So we decided to rent out our condo and then try to rent a larger home as our primary dwelling. It's not an ideal situation by any means, but God has been gracious. So that brings us to now. We had recently been presented with the possibility that we would finally be able to sell our condo to an actual real estate investor, not somebody who's reluctantly renting out their property to do what's best for his family, like me. He'd actually allow our tenant to stay put. And more importantly, give us the ability to be free of that debt and move on to find our forever home. Now, as much as being a landlord 
is not what gets me out of bed in the morning. God has blessed us with a great tenant. And having been displaced ourselves back in 2015, wait, what? Yeah, that's right. That's what I meant when I said go back and listen to episode four. So if you want, you can pause the episode right here, download episode four of the podcast, then come back. We would never want to be in a position of doing that to someone else. So my wife and I desperately tried not to get our hopes up in case this individual was not interested. But when you feel like the clouds may finally be parting, it's hard not to imagine what life may be like on the other side. I've often prayed that the Lord would rid me of this albatross because up until now, it has kept us from taking the next step as a family. And I truly believe that my life would be easier without this huge responsibility and added financial burden. But as I mentioned a few minutes ago, sometimes easier isn't always best. Anyway, long story long, this person has decided not to buy our property. Surprise, surprise. And at first, I was angry. Why would God dangle Why the carrot only to snatch it away? Why would he allow me to Why peek behind the clouds if he had no intention of parting them? No Yeah, that's right. I said it. But then it hit me. Thankfully, it hit my wife as well. Maybe we're not supposed to sell this condo. Maybe God has had a different plan for us all along. And what's behind those clouds is something entirely different than I anticipated. It certainly seems that every avenue we've tried has been a dead end. So why keep fighting to find a way out? Maybe in some strange way, God is actually going to use this property to provide for us someday. Whether it be college for our kids, or helping me with a self-employed retirement plan, or whatever. Before you start wondering, I'm not proposing to you that I now know what God's plan is for us. Hardly. In fact, I really wish I did. However, I'm now starting to see a little bit of hope for the future. A little ray of sunshine peeking out from behind those clouds. It's funny that when we pray for clarity, usually it's because we have a preconceived idea of what life would be like on the other side of this storm, trial, what have you. But maybe we do ourselves a favor to realize that we may not be ready for what's on the other side, and that's why we're unable to see clearly. So with this newfound sense of peace in the midst of the storm, I decided to take a fresh look at our options going forward to get a sense of what stars need to align in order for us to eventually take the next step. As it turns out, the fact that we had this rental for almost five years means that our situation is much different than when we first tried to sell the condo back in 2011. I don't have concrete answers, and some days I feel my faith hanging on by a thread. But I'm thankful to God this morning that the clouds, albeit briefly, parted, and he allowed me to see what it could be like behind them, and that in all likelihood, It'll be nothing like what I imagined for myself. As it turns out, we could potentially be able to buy our forever home, barring any unforeseen life-altering events, as soon as next spring. Now, this newfound sense of freedom led us to do something we always tend to do. Jump the gun. But you can forgive us for a little tomfoolery, considering that for over five years, we felt hamstrung by the fact that we could not sell our condo. So, we decided to go see a house, just for fun. Something that my wife has awoken in me, in addition to my overwhelming machismo, is a love for exploration. 
We are both a curious folk. So with the unfettered access my real estate license now affords me, we couldn't resist the opportunity to check out an interesting home. This is a nice dorm. Yeah. Yeah. I can just paint this white, right? Well, I guess nobody lives in this part. Just needs to be updated. Now, we knew the listing seemed too good to be true. The home was so large that it had been split into two four-bedroom rentals. It also had a two-bedroom carriage home on the property. And for what they were asking, we knew it had to be a trash heap. But the idea of fixing it up and turning it into the Desiato family compound was too intriguing to ignore our exploratory urges. I swear I didn't intend for this episode to sound so creepy. Anyway, we imagined being able to rent the carriage home and even keeping the house split so that we could rent out the other side, essentially allowing us to live there for free. Yes, we actually have that elaborate of an imagination. We soon realized that we were being ridiculous and had no way of salvaging this place. Nope. Oh, well. We knew what the dream was. This is not the dream. (laughs) What's over here? That's just a closet. Yeah. All right. All right, we did it. I think we crossed it off the list, eh? Yeah, we'll have to see you next year this time. Why? (laughs) Because then we can have more money. Not going to have $100,000 or more. Probably be like $150,000 to fix it up, at least. At least. <laughs> if we hadn't at least done our due diligence, we would have always been left to wonder. And that is something I'm a big proponent of due diligence, exploring and exhausting every option. I'm convinced that I've learned more by doing that in the last few years than I ever did in school or could have learned in college. More on that idea a little bit later. So anyway, like I said, we'll probably be in a better position to buy in 2018, so we best not get too ahead of ourselves. Now, as many of you know, my dream is to one day work for Sight & Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm pretty outspoken about it on the podcast, actually. In fact, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 48 to get caught up on the brief history of that dream. For those of you who don't know, I've been invited to audition for them twice. Once in 2015 and then again in 2016. Both times, I was not selected for their upcoming season. And I'd come to terms with that and had continued to work on improving as an actor and performer in the meantime. I'd also started to look ahead to 2017 and outline my plan for the year as best I could. Then something interesting happened. I'd friend requested the casting director at Sight & Sound on Facebook a while ago, but out of the blue, she accepted it, probably months after I had originally sent it. I shot her a quick message and thanked her for accepting. She then asked what I'd been up to since my last audition back in August and if I'd anything on the horizon for 2017. I gave her the rundown of my recent performances and my plans for 2017, After some back and forth, she caught me completely by surprise when she asked me if I still had interest in performing at Sight and Sound this year. 
Apparently, they had some unexpected openings that they were looking to fill very quickly, and I guess I was on some sort of short list. I don't really know the whole story, but I wasn't about to ask too many questions. Before I knew what was happening, I had scheduled an audition via Skype for a few small roles in their upcoming production of Jonah. Much to my disappointment, one of the roles was not for the part of Whale. A quick side note, I actually made that comment when I auditioned in front of the directors back in August. When I introduced myself, I said that I was auditioning for the role of Whale. I got a big laugh, and it relaxed me. What can I say? I'm hilarious. Anyway, she sent me a song and some sides to learn. For those of you who don't know, sides are basically short scenes outlined for specific characters that you use for the purposes of auditioning. So for the first time in my life, I auditioned over the interwebs. It was nerve-wracking, to say the least. Hello! Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you. Um, I'm running out of time, so I know if I need to rush or anything. I, I don't have anything that I have to get to. I have the uh, afternoon open, so I'm at your disposal. Um, okay. I don't have a preference, I don't think, of singing or, or doing the, the reading first. My only question is um, time frame about finding out the results of the audition. <laughs> That's what I always uh, I'm curious about. So. Probably very quickly. Okay. I'm sorry, I recorded my whole audition, but it's just too personal of an experience to share on the podcast. Plus, I don't want to get into trouble with Sight and Sound for permission issues. So after 45 grueling minutes, which no doubt had my neighbors wondering what I was screaming about, it was all over. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for your hard work. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Of course. Very much so. Okay. okay. Yep. Okay. All right. And thanks, I'll Courtney. I'll let you know if you need anything else. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. She said I'd know in a few days. So over the last week, I've had an incredibly hard time focusing on anything else. I was so close to landing my dream job, I could taste it. But at the same time, I knew that it was still a long shot. Well, this past Thursday, I got the email. Thank you for your patience, Jeff. This time, the directors have chosen to move in a different direction for the immediate opening, but I sincerely encourage you to keep in touch in case something opens up mid-season. Also, keep up the good work. You've shown so much growth since your original audition. Wishing you the very best. Ugh! So close, yet so far! The thing is, I feel much different this time around. Maybe it's because my business is in a better place or that I'm already in a theater production for the spring, The Wizard of Oz at Limelight Performing Arts Center in Westchester, Pennsylvania. But in reality, I think it's because I now know just how close I was to achieving my goal, which leads me to believe that it's within reach. I wasn't just one of hundreds at an annual audition who had 90 seconds to show them what I could do. I was one of a handful of people who they were seriously considering offering a contract to. So much so that they blocked out 45 minutes of their day to work one-on-one with me. And based on her feedback that I've grown so much, I know that I'm on the right track. So with this experience now in my rear view, what are some of the things I can take from it? Well, one thought I have is that there must be something that I need to do in 2017 
something I've yet to accomplish that needs to be done before I can land my dream job. But what? That, my friends, is the exciting part. The journey. The exploration. The curiosity in me that is unimpeded. I believe that God has a plan for everyone. And I believe that there is something that I'm supposed to do this year that couldn't have happened had I gotten hired at Sight & Sound. And with that crazy notion, I'm actually able to be at peace with the outcome of this particular audition. Now, will I ever get hired to work at Sight & Sound? I have no idea. But what I do know is that I'm heading in the right direction. And the lessons I'm learning on this journey are becoming obvious to those around me. And for that, I'm grateful. So after that one week of insanity, I'm back to business. This month, I celebrated the start of my third year as a licensed real estate professional. That's right. After over three years of working in real estate as a reluctant investor, I decided to make it official by taking the real estate exam in 2014, which I passed on the first try. Not too shabby if I do say so myself. And over the last two years as a full-time real estate agent, I've learned more about business than anyone could have taught me in business school. I've read books, listened to online courses, podcasts, you name it, all from the brightest minds in the business world. Gary Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, James Altucher, John Acuff, Ryan Fletcher, Ryan Holiday, the list goes on. There's something to be said for applying yourself to increasing your knowledge, not just because you want a degree or some credentials but because your very livelihood depends on it. I know most people, unless they're studying to be a doctor or something, don't think of it that way when they're heading to class. I'm thankful that God has instilled in me a curiosity, which won't be satisfied until the last stone is overturned. I genuinely want to know everything about everything. Like I said, my wife is the one who instilled that exploratory nature in me, but she's also the one that gets mad at me because I'll pull up Wikipedia on my phone while watching a movie and read about the casting process and production history of said movie. But I can't help it. I need to know. I think it's that curiosity that's helped me to build my real estate business. I wasn't content to just sit back and be spoon-fed the latest tips and tricks from the real estate gurus. I wanted to know how business works across all industries. And as a result, things have begun to take shape in a unique way for Desiato Homes. It's one of the reasons I can feel confident about 2017, even though I didn't land my dream job this past week. The experience of working closely with individuals who are making the biggest financial decision of their lives is something I don't take lightly. These connections that I make are long-lasting, And the people have chosen me to be a trusted partner with them as they walk the booby-trap-laden path of buying or selling their home. If you just giggled, then you need to grow up. I don't pretend to have all of the answers, but what I do have, I use to the best of my ability. Authenticity and generosity. Also, an unquenchable thirst for knowledge and a drive to discover how I'm uniquely positioned to change the world. Now, sometimes my authenticity has probably hindered the growth of my business to a degree. But to those who may prefer working with somebody else, to them I say, Godspeed. My stance on cold calling, door knocking, and many of the other tried-and-true sales techniques has also been off-putting to some. And probably has caused me to make some enemies in the industry. I'm quite certain that business would be better if I just bit the bullet and stopped trying to reinvent the wheel. 
But where would we be as a society if once the wheel was invented, we just stopped innovating? I'm a firm believer that pushy sales techniques are not sustainable, nor are they scalable. Instead, I've chosen to build a platform, a media company as it were. I want people to know who I am and what I stand for. Not because I want to close a real estate deal, but because I want to attract like-minded individuals to my message. The real person, real needs message. And I want to fundamentally change the way we think about home ownership and the American dream. Sounds like a massive undertaking, right? But little by little, through relating authentically with my clients, by being generous with the money I earn on each real estate transaction, I believe that we as a community are starting to affect real change. People are starting to take notice and I have you, the listener, the supporter of the podcast and my business to thank for it. A sincere thank you to everyone who has believed in me and has told a friend or family member about me. I couldn't have made it this far without all of you. And to those of you who are new subscribers, I encourage you to go back and get caught up on the archive of the Real Person Real Needs podcast. It certainly has changed and pivoted from its original incarnation back in episode one. But I think over the episodes, you'll hear a growth taking place and you'll see how it started to take shape so that it's in its current format now. And I think there's something to be gained for each format, whether it was just me ranting and raving or interviewing other like-minded individuals and now in the more documentary style. If you're new to the podcast, and I know there's a lot of you that are, we've doubled in our listenership in the last month or so as far as subscribers and things are starting to take off. I'd love to hear from you and find out how you came across the podcast. Email me, Jeff, G-E-O-F-F, at realpersonrealneeds.com. Jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com. Let me know what attracted you to the podcast. And if there's anything that you'd like to hear, anything you'd like to know about me, I'd be happy to share that. As you know, I'm pretty much an open book, and that's what this podcast is all about. I encourage you to find me on the social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. You can subscribe to my video channel on YouTube. And I want to hear from you. I want to build that community of like-minded individuals. So thanks a lot for listening. I encourage you to get out there and use 2017 to make a difference, to find out what you're supposed to do with this year. If you're listening to this podcast because you have an entrepreneurial spirit, but you don't know how to pursue your dream, I encourage you to check out my website and subscribe to the Jumpstart video series. It's jeffreydesiato.com slash jumpstart. I think that information will help you very much. Subscribe to the podcast, share it with those around you, and let's get the message out there. Those that want to make a difference, who want to live authentically and generously in the midst of a superficial and self-centered world. Until next time, be real and keep it real. Godspeed. Godspeed.